Welcome, everybody, to Mormons on Mushrooms. Uh, just a reminder that this is a storytelling podcast where we discuss alternative methods for healing from trauma and seeking a more fulfilling life. A lot of times on the podcast, we discuss triggering topics, and we ask that you make your personal mental health top priority. Uh, lastly, the opinions offered by our guests don't necessarily reflect the opinions of the hosts. Sit back, buckle up, and enjoy. Let me just record before I say hi back. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted the world to hear my hi. Oh, I mean, the world isn't listening. Who, who are we kidding? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I just wanted to hear your high, basically. Yeah. I'm so glad we didn't do this earlier. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you there. This That's is as funny. early as I could make it. How sure. was the concert? It was pretty rad. Um, we were at the Greek, which is a really cool venue, right? It's one of my favorite concert venues. Yeah. We were up in kind of the corner, and I think we were in the only non-dancing section. Everyone else, everyone else was up and dancing and our <laughs> section was not. And so finally, I'm just like, I was trying to decide if people didn't want to dance or if they all wanted to dance, but no one was willing to be the first one, right? Do that catalyst. Yeah. So I get up and just start dancing and my mate gets up and starts dancing. And the two people we were with did, no one else in the section was dancing. So we kind of <laughs> just moved over to the aisle and started dancing. And then other people moved to the aisle and then eventually they kicked us out of the aisle. Cause I guess we can't be there. Um, anyway, this is a long story to say it was pretty rad. It was, it was great to be, to feel that energy again in that venue, the band, I liked the band. I didn't, I didn't know a lot of their songs. So the local natives they had some, they had some songs I recognized, but a lot of them, I'm like, I don't know this song. And, but it was fun to be there and it was great. Yeah. yeah it'd just be outdoors listening to live music. Probably. Yeah. I'm feeling that collective crowd. That energy is, is fun. And I've yeah. missed it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not in the same shape that I am a lot of times when we record on a, on a Sunday morning. Like I'm, I'm feeling bright eyed and bushy tailed. Are you? Oh, good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've, I've tried. What does bright eyed and bushy tailed mean again? <laughs> <laughs> means I'm not hungover, I guess. I don't know. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. I and like then a, I said, good. And then I'm like, oh, wait. Or does that mean hungover? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. I don't really know where that, I mean, I. No, I, I think it means you're ready assume, to go. I always picture like, like rabbits from like an enchanted forest, you know, yeah, like they're like uh, on high alert, they're bright eyed and bushy tailed, but I don't, I don't know where that saying comes from. I love it. <laughs> so in a good well, way. Here we are, just the two of us. I, I love this. And I miss you. <laughs> Same. I was thinking. Oh, sorry. No, no, go. Well, I was, I was thinking that when we, when we decided, Hey, let's just, no one's available. Let's just you and me record. I was kind of chuckling because, you know, the, the podcast has been awesome and fun and we have a weekly, at least therapy session with each other. Mm -hmm. But what I've, what I've, what I've noticed is that uh, when we're just like chatting during the week, like regular, like just, texting or chatting or you know phone calls yeah we'll start telling a story we'll be like and, and we kind of get into that thing of like oh wait no wait a minute we want to 
don't tell the whole story. We want it to, we want it to be a new, fresh story uh, and record it on the podcast. So it has had a little bit of an impact on our ability to just like chat it up. You know, that's true. Right. We always hold off a little bit sometimes yeah. and it's just getting good. We get, it starts getting good. And we're like, wait, do we save this? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's an interesting, I don't know how I feel about that. It's a, it's, it's been interesting though. I am drinking a uh, rosé right now. Oh, you are? I figured I, I needed to drink something and I didn't have kombucha. I needed a breakfasty drink. I usually don't drink rosé, but here I am drinking some rosé. Yeah, I, I like rosé. I think I, I don't get, I don't drink it very much because my, my wife t- hates, hates the taste of it. But I like it. So I'm jealous of you right now. I'm drinking a, uh, I'm drinking a Diet Coke. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> So let me tell you why I'm kind of excited about this one a lot. Well, and we, we talk about this during the week, but there's just been some, I don't know. There's been some shit coming up and it's been hard these last few weeks, like a lot of stuff. Um, and it's been hard because as vulnerable as we are on this podcast, there are things I, even I can't be vulnerable about on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, I want to come here and air out everything, but I know there's some things I can't, but I, there was some stuff that happened this week for me and for you too. And I'm ready to hash it out because yeah. I, 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 yeah, we got a lot to talk about. So we got, we, I want to talk about uh, your trip. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about my trip. I, we could also get into some dreams uh, that we've been sharing Mm -hmm. with each other lately. Um, and then as far as like other things, uh, as much as you want to talk about, uh, well, I'll kind of let you lead the way on that, but yeah. yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to, there's a lot to catch up on. I'm, I'm, it's, it's fun just having two boxes in this zoom and just you and me chatting. I feel even, I don't know how to say this without being offensive to like uh, our other partners, but it feels so intimate. You know what I mean? It feels intimate, right. Yeah. And it it feels feels, like- there's no hesitation about whether I should speak or not. Yeah. You yeah, get that? Like when there's like four boxes on the screen, you're like, I've got a point, but like, does Doug have a point? Does she have a point? Does the guest, is it the guest turn? And should I insert myself right now? And I don't feel like I can, I'll insert in you anytime, you know? Yeah, just, <laughs> just jump right in. Insert anytime you want to. Like, I, into you. I feel like I'm not good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't feel like I'm like mentally keeping track of who's done the most speed. I mean, who fucking cares? (laughs) It's just nice to chat. I think. No, but it's something that goes in my brain for like, when we have a a bunch of people, it's like, Oh, I haven't said anything for a while. I I need to make a comment or, you know what? Doug's being kind of quiet right now. I wonder what's going on for Doug. (laughs) Have you ever had that thought? I have all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, like even with Shalise, sometimes she's really chatting. Sometimes she's been quiet. And it's like, when she's quiet, then I'm wondering, is she enjoying this? Is she? <laughs> they might get worried about her. I start like, oh, uh, Shalise, what's your take? <laughs> I want to get her in, you know? So this is nice. Um, so do you want to start with your trip? You want to start with mine? Um, I Well, I, I could start with mine. I think there's, I think that mine's pretty short and quick. And, yeah. and mine will be short and quick too. So let's we'll start with yours. I think they'll kind of hit on some themes. Okay. So I guess I can talk about leading up to it. Um, uh, gosh, we, we, you and I spoke and we spoke with the team that, that makes this podcast happen. Um, you know, so just like real quick, thanks to 
Peter and Seth and Adrian and Andrea and Shalice. I think that's kind of the main squad, isn't it? Yeah, that's main the main crew. Um anyway, we were just kind of all talking about some major blocks that have been coming up. Um I was I was speaking directly for myself, just having some major emotional and mental uh, blocks. Uh, they were manifesting themselves, lack of, I don't know, I just wasn't very motivated to do anything. Um, wasn't feeling creative at all. Kind of felt like I was in a funk. And through talking to a couple of people in that group, um, I just kind of heard the call for mushrooms. So I had a, I had a, an evening where I was alone and didn't have any obligations. And um, so I, so I did a, I did a trip and it was interesting because all of the stuff that was coming up for me uh, kind of culminated in a dream that I shared with you. And it was all about, it was all surrounding like personal insecurities, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of um, being left behind or being um, not very valuable to what we're trying, what we're doing here on the podcast. You know, a lot of times I just, I, I, ask the dumb questions or I don't, or I'm a little bit behind everybody else. And so I was starting to really feel that and um, went into the trip with that kind of rattling around a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I, my trip was so interesting because I, I didn't, I didn't really go as deep as I thought I would based on the dose that I took. But I went very, um, instead of deep, I just went real broad on some of the, like a lot of the things that we talk about a lot, which is we are all, um, you know, the universe experiencing itself. We are all connected beings. You know, we, 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 we're all tiny little individual separate parts of one uh, universally large organism. But in that, I started... I started finding my blocks were coming. They were they, they, obviously this is this is usually the case, but my blocks were coming as sort of self-imposed. Yeah, you know, it, I was I was interpreting I was interpreting things through my lens of 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 inadequacy and and my lens of of insecurity and feeling like oh I just don't have very much to add to this. You know, there, there's I think it's no no mystery that I admire you like crazy. I think that you're, you know, a person who I want to be more like you're just so loving you, you know, you deal with emotions in a really healthy way. You, you know, I, I I've joked about it. Uh, I'm, I'm eventually I'm going to get you a, a sweatshirt that just says universally loved on it. And I just, mm. you know, I, that, that just describes you. And so and all the things I just said, I mean, same with, with the guests that we have on, you know, they know so much, they're so wise or knowledgeable and they just have so much to, to bring to the table. Shalice always asks the best questions. She always knows yeah. like the, like she's done research on, on all of these topics and she has personal experiences and she can relate really, really easily with people. And I was just kind of like in that feeling sorry for myself mm. and that I don't know what we call it the sudden when I'm peaking or the sudden like little phase of enlightenment where I was like, Oh, 
no, this all, this all part of, it's all part of the same thing. And it's all, each moving part adds a beautiful, magical layer to, to what we're doing. And it's, it's only by way of trying to chisel loose some of those feelings of, uh, I don't know, the, the competition kind of thing or the, mm-hmm. or the less than, or the yeah. inadequacy or the a comparison, you know, I do a yeah. lot of comparing myself against what others bring and, and trying to bring the gifts that they are bringing. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying own. to covet their gifts and uh-huh. try to emulate their gifts. And it's like, yeah. no, I got to <laughs> lean into my own shit, lean into the things that I, that I do bring. And, you know, gosh, I, I sent you that text. that was just like, thank you. Mushrooms. Like, it's like, they've, they do, you know, mischievous little tricksters that they can be. They, they are just, they fill you with this love and not just a love for everything and everybody and nature and every, everything you see, but also just like a deep sense of self-worth and a deep sense of love. And I was just like, wow, I'm just not giving myself enough credit and I'm being hard on myself and I'm the problem. I, <laughs> just like I thought. I am the problem, but not in the way that I thought. Oh, I love how you just said that. It's like, I'm the problem, but not in the way. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, thank you, mushrooms. Thank you, mycelium. Well, I love that because it's like, I think there's a way when you said it there, I'm the problem, but not in the way that I thought that takes, it's like, it takes the shame out of it. Right. There's this element of, yeah, I'm getting in my own way but not like in a shame based way. Yeah. That makes sense. No, dude. Yeah. It's a, that's exactly how I'm feeling. It's like, I am. Yeah. Yeah. I am in my own way, but it's not because of, uh, it's not because I'm lacking something. It's because I'm, because I'm talking down about myself to myself. I'm telling myself that I'm unworthy. I'm telling myself that I'm inadequate. And it's like, no, you're just different than you see the world differently than the guests or than Mike or than Shalise. And that's good. That's a good thing. It's a (laughs) fucking great thing. It's a positive thing. (laughs) Yes. You know, it just the same way I admire and adore everything that comes out of your mouth. There's value to the things that come out of my mouth too, to represent someone who may be experiencing life a little bit differently, a little bit more similar to the way I experience it, you know? It's like, it brings me to, and I know I'm going to say this worse than the mushrooms could have, but it brings me to a lot of comments we get. So I remember I've been a few comments, like people reaching out and just saying, I fucking love Doug. And I love the humor he brings. And I love the, the, uh, oh, what was one? Oh, we got a lot on that ethical non-monogamy episode about how a lot of people wrote in saying, I felt really uncomfortable in that episode. And I loved Thank you, Doug, for speaking, kind of speaking my voice and my questions. And um, I don't know. We get like there's Is that ha- that how we we got re- we got a response that said that. Oh, I think we've got like four or five. I'll show you all of them. Yeah. Oh wow. Anyway, yeah. Um, just kind of like I appreciate I appreciate Doug there because he was voicing my <laughs> he was voicing me, you know, and so. <laughs> Yeah, there's an element of when we stop being, trying to be and trying to bring the gifts other people bring, 
and just bring our unique selves. And that shame gets it. It's a shame that's the block. Well, one of the blocks probably, you know, and I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm just sitting with this because I think that's what our dreams were both showing us in different ways. And we shared those dreams together yeah. and kind of like, you guys are just getting in your own way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, it, it's interesting that we had that, those dreams on the same night and night. shared them like yeah. kind of like did that thing in the morning that you and I do, where it's like, we kind of t- text each other like, Hey, I had a, I had a pretty wild dream last night. Can yeah. I share it? We both ask permission well, to share a dream with each other. It's like, yeah, Mike, share your fucking dream. I, I want to hear all of your dreams. Yeah. We always, we always ask, um, but, but like, it was like, just send it, but yeah. you said yours. And then we, we dove into yours and then I was, and I was still sitting with yours. And so, but then I was like, can I ask about mine now too? Or does it seem like, does it seem like, cause I'm not done talking about Doug's, but like, I feel like they pair well together. So I don't want to be like, oh, oh yeah, now let's just talk about my dream. You know, <laughs> Dude, It's so true. It's so funny how we get, and even doing that, we're in our own heads. Of course I want to, of course I want to read through and, and, and dissect your dream just as much as I want you to sh- look at mine and share with me mine. So it's funny that we always ask consent. We're, we're good at doing a, uh, a consent. We've yeah. learned, we've learned to, uh, make sure that we get permission on those types of things. So then, yeah, that seems like a pretty good conclusion to yours in a way. I mean, did, so you felt, what was it? I mean, any, was it more of a felt insight? Yeah, it was, it was really just um, not a ton of, not a ton of, uh, you know, a lot of times I get visuals and I kind of go into some pretty active imagination stuff with, with, you know, building, you know, tapestries or imagery around me. But I wasn't having I, that. Didn't happen, and I so it was it was very unexpected. Um, it it was kind of like one of those things where uh, I almost went into it with you know, show me the wounding as my intention. You know, as as like, woe is me. Sorry, I, I'm feeling like I need to like heal, and there's this big scar or this big wound. But then I just I went into it, and it was just like, <laughs> dude, just pump the brakes here homeboy like who fucking cares like everything's fine and that's why the next day i kept saying to you dude just tell me everything's fine like that's all that's the phrase i need to hear and and it's uh so yeah we my my trip was not an earth shattering like new insights or new downloads it was just a, a a lot of um re i guess re-emphasizing some of those things that I've talked about or that you and I've talked about or that I've experienced. I've just like, yeah, man, you're just, you're hurtling through space on a, on a fucking rock that's littered with these little ape, ape kind of looking people and other, and billions of other types of life. And we come and go and, and nobody get, and nobody gives a shit. And it's totally fine to just play and experiencing it experience it the way you want to experience it and um, learn from everything and enjoy everything and be able to kind of take a step back and, and laugh at yourself a little bit and uh, just not take anything too seriously, not get into any kind of like weird, you know, place where someone else has power over your emotions. I guess that wasn't the, 
that was the way I'm ending my trip. Yeah. Well, you say it wasn't earth shattering, but you talk about then, okay, you're in your own way. What you bring has so much value. Uh, bring a sense of playfulness to this, you know, like, and everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. So play in this universe that you're in. Everything's fine. I mean, what other advice do you need in life? That's pretty fucking earth shattering. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you put it that way. Yeah, it it was pretty good. And I've been kind of floating along, uh, you know, pretty uh, blissfully in that way for the last few days. So that's been, uh, yeah. So I guess it was earth shattering. And I love, I love Mike, the way you're saying it of don't bring other people's gifts. It's bringing up imagery for me of like, you know, like the, the wise men from the East who showed up for baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. What'd they bring him? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Like it would be a, it would be a really less interesting story if it was like, and these wise men came from the East and they gave him myrrh and another guy gave him myrrh. And another guy came along and gave him myrrh. He just got a shitload of myrrh. Like we don't want just myrrh. We want gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it's that, fun little concoction or potpourri of those uh, different substances that makes a really good gift for the son of God or the, or the Christ child. And if we are all God experiencing itself, and if we are trying to give each other good gifts, then we got to mix up those gifts. We got to give the like gold, frankincense and myrrh, you know? Oh, I love that. And I even think of like the scriptures could have been like, and the second wise men did behold that the first wise men gifted myrrh. And he tried to find better myrrh to give. Yeah. <laughs> we started fumbling around in his pockets. He had a big chunk of gold, but he's like, no, 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 myrrh. This is a myrrh, this is a myrrh birthday party for Jesus. Yeah. And it's got to be better than the first one because now, now we can compare, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then the third yeah. one's like, oh shit, I got to go find the best myrrh I can find. And it's like, these I don't know where to find myrrh? it. <laughs> where did these guys even fucking get myrrh? <laughs> I don't know, but we spent all my time trying to find that fucking myrrh because... <laughs> Oh man, these guys in their myrrh, they just, it, <laughs> like the one, the one wise man is like, always, always feeling like the other two are screwing him over. He's like, <laughs> I thought we agreed gold, frankincense and myrrh. And then you both brought him myrrh. <laughs> so like an idiot with frankincense. And then you guys spent the time to try to find better myrrh. And now it's yeah. like, now I'm like, wait, that was my gift. Like, <laughs> Like this, this, this sitcom, I want to watch a sitcom about the three wise men, like, and their travels, you know, (laughs) they get into like little adventures, they get into jams and there's like little, you know, townsfolk who help them along the way. Man, we got to get this myrrh to Jesus. But just to continue with this analogy, one little bit more is that the first one, because he knew where the best myrrh was probably, you know, he was the gifter of myrrh. Yeah. He, no matter how much the other two tried, they're not going to be able to compete with that myrrh. They can try, you know, but like, it's not theirs. So don't compete. Bring our own unique gifts here. And I have to tell you, Doug, like, I just fucking appreciate what you bring, not only to the podcast, but just to fucking life, you know? Oh, and I love you, Mike. We just need more Doug. <laughs> <laughs> we, and I, will, I know it feels probably weird because you're six foot and change and, but 
man, I could, I could go with an eight, nine foot Doug easily. (laughs) (laughs) I'd still find my way, find my way to insert myself somewhere. (laughs) Eight or nine foot Doug. (laughs) More space. Yeah. More space. More space. Right. Well, Mike, I'll always, uh, I will, you know, you do bring the gold. I mean, there's something very symbolic there too. Mike brings the gold and, you know, Doug's happy to show up with some frankincense or myrrh. (laughs) It's not as nice of a gift, but it it does throw a little bit of, um, you know, it mixes it up a little bit. I don't know. I don't even know what frankincense and myrrh are. (laughs) Aren't they just oils? Sure. But maybe, you know, I'd almost prefer oil than gold. I mean, I love gold, but like, you know, I don't know. What do you do with it? (laughs) Buy things with it? I, know, pretty. People, like, I guess like, you know how you buy, I, what are people doing when they bite into gold? Is, is gold supposed to, do you, do you ever seen that? Like people bite a gold medal? Yeah. To make sure it's real gold. Well, but what, then, what's, what would happen if it's not, what are we, what are we doing here? What, I don't know what anyone's doing. But then like, wait, oh, maybe, maybe I do. Is gold soft? Like maybe gold is soft. And so you can, Oh, is that a thing? you can eat gold. You can I eat ate gold. gold. Yeah, well, I ate gold, you know, the gold leaves on things and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's part of my, uh, you know, I posted a picture of my tattoo online yesterday. Uh, yeah, look, that was, looked good, yeah. Put that gold leaf on it. He put the gold leaf on my forehead, and he had me eat a little gold leaf, too. He explained why. I don't remember why, but, like. Is it gold? Like, was that real gold? or? or yeah, it's you... real gold. You just eat gold, man. You know? There's just people going around eating gold. People going around eating gold, you know, and then you, you shit gold later, probably, you know, like a Lannister always shits gold. Holy <laughs> smokes. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you have like an old prospector in your bathroom, like, like, sift, like what is one of those sifters, like mining your shit to find the little gold nuggets that came <laughs> just, through. Is that what's going on? Just waiting, waiting for the gold. Um, yeah. So anyway, I don't know if we All know right, much we about gold, a, but I think you know, we can eat it. And yeah. Yeah. Eat, eat my gold. I don't know what that even means. <laughs> I mean, I gladly, I will eat your gold. Sounds like you kind of were telling me to eat shit, but I, you know, my shit though. Anyway, let's, yeah. uh, let's transition. Cause it, it okay. I think that my trip and dream transitioned well into kind of like what you experienced this week. And, and maybe we can go from there a little bit too. Yeah. So <laughs> It was funny because after you talked about going on a trip, I was like, you know what? It's been a while. It's been a while since I've just gone on a mushroom trip. I mean, months. Yeah. I think the last time I did a mushroom journey was earlier, like beginning of this year, April, maybe, or February. I don't know. I don't know if that's a long time. It's a long time for me. I was like, probably like February. So that's like six months. That's half a year. What about solstice thing? Oh, that was LSD. (laughs) (laughs) I've been on journeys. I've done MDMA. I've done. Yeah. Okay. I'm doing plenty of medicine, (laughs) (laughs) but it tied into my LSD journey. So, um, so I had a night where I was like, okay, I was alone and I was like, okay, I'm going to do, and I didn't do a lot. Just did a couple squares of chocolate, like two grams, but Maybe I should have done more, but maybe, you know, it's actually kind of perfect because my ego was still in there. It wasn't my ego didn't go away. And so it was a, it was a kind of a back and forth. Um, but 
when the, when I was peaking, I started getting that weird carnival feminine shit that was, that's come up for me a couple of times before. Yeah. One, it came up when we were in Zion and we were tripping and the smoke almost maybe killed us. I don't know. <laughs> but like, I don't think we were in danger, but I remember you talk, cause remember we had taken a walk and we were over by that, uh, underneath that street lamp when you were yeah. telling me about it anyway. Yeah. Because I was up there and the smoke was getting into the RV and <laughs> I was being lured in by this like weird, you know, like, a, in like, I don't know how to describe it other than like a carnival type feminine, like with like fake lipstick and, and then this one almost felt, and I felt it again at the solstice on LSD. And then this time it was going again. And I'm like, what is this weird shit? And it was almost like, it wasn't even feminine. It was more like androgynous. Mm. There was like male and female all mixed in there. And of course I was just like, okay, I'm going to surrender to this. And I was getting into it and moving in weird ways. And then all of a sudden I was like, no, fuck no. <laughs> I'm not surrendering to this. <laughs> Do better. You know, and it acts all of a sudden, like I felt it in like my solar plexus, like this anger, like, no, I'm not surrendering to this again. Like this weird, no, like we're not having this. And then it was like bringing up this anger in me, like this, like primal warrior type anger. And I go in the bathroom and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like doing these like weird grunts and like screams and primal screams. I mean, I was alone. I can do whatever I want. And look, it was pretty fucking dope because I was looking in the mirror and I was like, oh, I don't look like I have a dad bod right now. Like, it's like, I like a warrior. It was like, you know, they say warrior shape. Like, I'm like, I look like a fucking warrior right now. And I was grunting and I was like yelling and doing all sorts of weird shit. And then, uh, then I go back and then the journey was like more magical. I don't know how to describe it. Now we were kind of in the start, we were out of like this weird, Oh, there was a part where in that feminine, it almost felt like I was attached to the matrix in a way, like this weird entity that was like underground and slimy. And like, and I was just like attached to it. I don't know how to describe that. I mean, it sounds like the mycelium, uh, netting, like the mycelium network. Probably. Yeah. So I was, but I was like, you know what, maybe, you know, we talk about surrender so much and surrender to the medicine surrender to the feminine, surrender to just surrender to life. But don't you need some, sometimes some sort of like masculine vision kind of like, okay, yeah, we could surrender to this, but Hey, I've got some vision here. Let's go here. And then we can do some surrendering or whatever. But like, no, I, I got a better vision of what I want for my reality. And it's not some weird androgynous carnival shit. And it's not some weird, like, <sighs> some weird matrixy thing where I'm just plugged into a matrix. Like, no, I got better dreams for my future. Like, let's go here. Like, come on. And you're lifting the feminine out of like the underworld in a way and into, into the cosmos. And then we were fucking dancing in the cosmos together, you know, me and this. And then it was like, it felt like a feminine figure. Right. And then it was like, yeah, we could get down with this, you know? Uh, oh my gosh. 
but then I'm getting in my head wondering if like, I, was I supposed to just surrender to the medicine or was the medicine trying to teach me? And I think this is it to assert my own authority sometimes to get angry, to set boundaries, to empowering me that I can manifest what I want. You know, I have that power and like, yeah, I'm co-creating with the universe here. I'm not just surrendering to what I feel like I deserve. No, let's co-create and let's lift this thing out of the darkness. Like I brought up my, my whole thing I talked about with going down and seeing that big spider yeah. lady and the grotesque in this, it's like, no, let's bring the spider out of the cave where she's been so long bring her out and into space. Oh my gosh. Just go there. Right. And then we were dancing and, and then it felt like male and female. Right. And then it felt like this duality of like this dance. And so, yeah. So I think there's a lot there, right? (laughs) Oh man. There's so much there. I mean, first of all, I love the, that you're a co-creator. Like you're, your partner, your hand in hand with your a, a higher consciousness version of yourself or or selves, co-creating rather than just being passenger and rather just being like, okay, what what does the medicine have for me? And I guess that ties back to, I guess it's something I left out of mind, which is, oh no, no the the medicine is the catalyst, the the the, the excuse me, the mushrooms, the substance is the catalyst. I am my own best medicine. I am my own best guru. I am my own best shaman. There are, there are medicines that are powerful. There are substances that are powerful. There are shaman who are trained. There are gurus who are wise and trained, but all of that can be unlocked. I can learn but they're not my true, uh, you know, prophet. They're not my true follow that guru, follow that shaman, because ultimately I am my own best medicine and, and Mike is Mike's own best medicine. And so it is, it is, I think, worthy and noble and cool that you, that you set a boundary and took back some of that I don't want to say the word control, but you took back some of that control and said, well, hold on a second. I'm here for me. I'm here to heal. And here's how I want to do this. And it's okay to play a little bit. And it's okay for saying no to the um, terrifying or dark or weird energy that was trying to, you know, bubble to the surface. I, I, it's like, you got the force, Mike. It's like your heart. It's like your, it's like you're learning to wield the force within you rather than waiting for uh, master Yoda to, uh, you know, show you how he can lift the, 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 the fighter out of the small, out of the bog. It's, it's you learning to harness and control that power. It's so fucking awesome, man. Yeah, you know how to speak to my heart, don't you? You're a Jedi, dude. <laughs> well, there's this thing in uh, so in Kundalini yoga, um, so I've been doing a lot of it recently because of all the shit that's coming up and plus it's just fucking magical. But, um, uh, after you kind of, well, in this certain Kriya set that, um, 
uh, the woman who I've been doing it with is created and put online that I listen to about every morning. Um, I, uh, there's a part after you do the breath of fire and you do all these things, you do a meditation where you kind of put your arms you know, people won't be able to see this, but you kind of put him, how would you describe that? Well, right arm over left in like a, <laughs> you just put your arms out and you put your right arm over your left in a, uh, I don't know what to call it. I don't either, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're bent. They're bent. And like, you know, it looks like native American type. I don't know. Uh, I don't even that. Is it? I don't know. I mean, whatever. Yeah, you put your arms in a certain way. And you do this meditation where you breathe in as slow as you can, chanting Hari, 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 Hari. And you try to breathe in as slow as you can. So you can almost get almost like 80 repetitions of Hari, 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 Hari. And that's bringing in the creative vision. You know, think of it. I almost feel it like if you talk about the masculine feminine polarity, it's like the masculine is breathing in the feminine, like that creative vision, right. Connecting with the feminine, like attracted by her allure and her beauty and everything. And like the creativity of the feminine and soaking it in to get that creative vision. And then you breathe out as slow as you can. Hud, 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 hud. And that's uh, co-creating with the universe and manifesting your reality. And that's what it felt like. And it was interesting. So I was doing that on the mushrooms and whenever I'm doing it in the morning, I'm like, there's no way you can get 80 repetitions. There's just no way. Like my, I have to breathe, you know? Yeah. The mushrooms are like, no, you don't have to breathe. You'll have to breathe eventually. You have to survive, but like you can go so long without breathing if you really want to. <laughs> I was getting in so many of those repetitions. Um, yeah, it was more of my anger and my drive and my fire than I had before. I mean, even this was two nights ago, yesterday, I felt that fire coming up. And, um, when you sent that text and said, I want to talk about anger, mm. I don't know if my text came through or not. So I was at the concert and all of a sudden I got all these messages. Like it didn't send, it didn't send, it didn't send. <laughs> then I think it sent. Um, but I was like, dude, I've been feeling that all day just like this anger come up, but okay to be there. You know, it's like, there's an interesting thing about your emotions where if they consume you, you're living from that space. You're living from that anger. You're projecting that out. But if you allow that space, you can feel it. You know, there's a difference between like, I'm fucking angry at you or like, I'm angry at you, you know? Yeah. That sound different. It, it, it does sound different. different. Kind of like, ah, I'm just angry, you know? But like, because there's a love that's attached to that too. Oh, I don't yeah. know. You can feel all these feelings and also feel love yeah. at the same time. If you're loving those emotions within you, if you don't love those emotions, you're not going to feel the love too. And I don't know. Now I'm going on weird tangents, but like. I love this. I'm, this is the tangent I wanted to go on. Go ahead. Yeah. So I was just feeling this anger come up and this, uh, and it's funny because like it came up, it's come up before, you know, when my mate and I were doing a MDMA a little bit ago, or maybe we were going to do MDMA. Maybe it was just like, I think it was just, no, we weren't even on any medicine. We were just like hashing it out. And 
I was like, I can get angry. And she laughs. She's like, <clears throat> you cannot get angry. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get angry. <laughs> your voice, your voice reaches a comedic pitch. I'm getting angry. Guys, <laughs> yeah. See how mad I am. See how mad I am. Right. It gets this high. Yeah. Um, I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning to get angry. And I actually had a dream about that too, about, and I, maybe I've talked about this in the podcast. It was a, a month or so ago, but it was like this dream about finding little Marcelo, a mission. And that name, name means little warrior. Yeah. And it was whole thing about a furnace and a watermelon and the watermelon like stored like water and fire. And it was like my Aries fire versus my cancer rising. I don't know. I think there's a lot there, but like now I'm just going on all over the place. And this rosé is going, keep going, man. Well, I think there's an element to grief that's blocked my fire. And so lately lots come up and I've been grieving a ton, but then also just accessing this emotion within me, this fire, this, uh, passion, this, because you think of anything, you know, anger is passion. Jealousy is passion. So if we block that, what do we, you know, it, but in, it's also love if we're willing to feel that. Yeah. Like if you're getting jealous of your mate and you're like, oh, I'm just jealous. I'm, you know, like this needy and this, or you can be like, you can experience it that way. Or you can be like, babe, I'm fucking jealous right now. Like I, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And there's a different energy to that. And it's the same emotion, but like, one is like channeled with some love and some like desire and some heat. And the other is, yeah, a little needy and what? Uh, yeah. Well, and I like that you, I like that you, you gave the example of two different ways of saying I'm angry at you versus I'm angry at you. I, I can't do it as, as you know, you did two versions of that. And I just said the same thing twice, but it sounded different. Yeah. It did. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But for me, it's also just like this thing of like, Oh, let me stop the sentence a little sooner. Um, instead of I'm, I'm angry at you, I'm angry. And, and yeah. what, is, what's that feeling like? And, and what, what, let me, let me experience it. And let me kind of like uh, break it down and dissect it a little bit. And let me kind of let it course through me a little bit and feel it, feel what it feels like. Where am I feeling it on my body? Like there's different types of anger. Like for me, I, I've, I've, the reason I wanted to talk about anger is because I've had a few things come up this last couple of weeks that have given, have given me this like real unsettled, real, real anxious, uh, real kind of boiling up, emotional kind of feelings. And I, I realized it's cause I, I'm, I was angry. I'm angry. And one of them was, I you know, went to a, a Mormon funeral, which those bring up a lot of anger, man. They do bring up, a, it's a, it's a really weird and sad experience. Do you know what I mean? They're the worst. They, they think there's ah, the last Mormon funeral I went to, I remember leaving there so angry. Yeah. Yeah. I really did. And it's, it's a, it's a bummer because it was a sad deal where the person who had passed, it was a sudden and young person and tragic kind of deal. And, you know, the family was still trying to come to terms with it as far as 
how that person died, um, circumstances leading up to the, you know, the death of their child. Mm. Um, and also having it there in a Mormon church and under the, under the rooftop of the, of the Mormon dogma concerning death and different forms of death and that kind of thing. Uh, and so they're, they're wrestling, not only are they, not only are they wrestling with the grief of losing someone early and tragically, they're also wrestling with the grief of what does this mean to their eternal soul? And this funeral is our way of uh, expressing to the world, our love and memories of this person and, and, and openly trying to find a way to walk that tightrope between the Mormon belief and what they deep down know they're feeling. And then you have the, you know, whoever's conducting has to be a little more religious in their final remarks. So, you know, you have a funeral and you have all these people giving memories and doing a eulogy and talking about the life of that person and celebrating that person's life and talking about better times. And then they end with a person who, you know, kind of knew the person or knows someone who's related to the dead person, get up there and give a testimony about Jesus and talk about, um, you know, quoting scriptures and stuff like that. And it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I, something inside of me is really, really, really filled with turmoil. Um, I don't think that these folks are being given the opportunity to truly grieve and go through the, the process, the stages of grief. I don't think that the Mormon church, um, keep in mind, all of the people that we love are trying to do all this stuff. They just don't have tools. And, and I'm not claiming that I have those tools either. But I'm also not claiming some kind of uh, religious um, uh, uh, authority. I'm not claiming any kind of like understanding of death and the process surrounding death and what it means when it comes to life after death and that kind of stuff. Well, but you're and speaking from the experience of experiencing. Right. Exactly. I love that our next, actually our next episode is going to be about grief and death. We're bringing on a death doula. I'm so interested ties in so much, but just real quick, I want to get back. I, cause I interrupted your point, but like the last Mormon funeral I went to, you know, the man, man, you know, he was like in his forties died in a motorcycle accident, tragic, you know, with kids. And he was a convert to the church. And one person got up there and told stories about him and it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. All the other things were about how we converted and why, and how much the book of Mormon meant to him. And if you're here, we've got free copies of the Book of Mormon after they turned it into like a sales thing and a Book of Mormon thing. And, and I get in, in a way with when you're grieving, you want to find a meaning like, oh, if he died so that others could be come to the gospel, like there's meaning to that. Or if he's died to go do a mission on the other side, what's why we want, we are searching so much for the why instead of just like the the it, the what, the, you know, I was, I was watching this Joseph Campbell documentary and he was talking about, we're looking so much for the meaning of life, but the meaning of life is experience is the experience of life. We're not looking for a meaning of life. We're looking for the experience of life. So there's something about just experiencing that person and the life that they lived. That's grieving that, you know, and not trying to attach a meaning to it. Like, and there might not be a meaning other than this person existed and they were fucking amazing. And we're going to miss this person terribly 
Mm. And died tragically. Um, but we can get in this all in the grief episode when we have someone who can talk about it. But yeah, I, but it is, but that, but that grief or that stunted grief is, uh, you know, a thing that sticks inside of me. And it sounds like you too. It's like, it does bring up some real anger for me, anger that I thought I didn't have anymore uh, against the, against the, mm. the structure of the Mormon church. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember in that, that one funeral, I was, the last hymn was how great thou, thou art. Ugh. And the first hymn, you know, I sing along, I played like a good, I don't remember what the first hymn was. Second, like God be with you till we meet again. Like I can get down. Yeah. yeah whatever. But how great thou art. And, yeah. and here was someone who died tragically and his funeral was turned into a missionary thing. And I'm like, you know what? I can't sing this. I'm not going to fucking sing it. And I didn't. But um, I remember talking to my mate afterwards and just being like, I have, I'm, I didn't realize how much anger I still have at the church for what they're doing, how they co-opted that man's funeral, you know, yeah, who co-opted his life. I wanted to hear, I didn't know him too well. I served with him in the elders quorum presidency. And so I knew him a little bit, but I didn't know him. And so I wanted to learn about him, you know, and I learned nothing about him. And you learned his, his, uh, his elevator speech, you know, yeah. conversion story, basically. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that brought up anger, but I do love the fact that you said not angry at you, but angry. I'm angry. I'm angry. And I think that's important. So like, if you're with your mate or with someone, there's something about saying like, because angry at you is the projection is the hook that your ego is trying to attach to justify the anger. Like yeah. I'm angry at you because you did this. So that means I'm justified to hold on to this. Yeah. But if you just say, I'm just really angry right now. And you can even voice it from like, you know, this came up and it, I, I'm feeling anger, but then it puts it on you and where the anger really is and allows you to really feel that. And it, and it, I've noticed in my life that it takes away a lot of, uh, you know, people tend to, you know, it's like people can get defensive if they feel like being accused. Like uh, it's to say I'm angry at you is an accusation that you've done something that has made me angry. Right. Yeah. So if, if instead you're just like I'm, some anger is coming up for me, right? I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I'm, I'm sad. I'm, I'm hurt. You know, if you just, if you just, if you just deal in your own emotions rather than um, accusing them out or projecting them out, it does make for a, a better opportunity to work through that either by yourself or, or with uh, maybe another person rather than then having to get into the whole, you know, people getting everyone getting defensive and well, but you left the closet door open one time and I stubbed my toe, you know, it becomes a whole thing. Instead, you're just dealing with the emotion itself. And it brings up something I read even yesterday. I was listening to this book and, um, yeah, I'm not going to share the name of the book, but I'm listening to this book. <laughs> this is a, this is a, hold on. This is the first time ever we've said we've, we've got a book that we will not recommend. I so know, that must be but a, it ties into what I was saying earlier. There's just things I can't be vulnerable about on this podcast. Oh, I know, know, I know. It just must be a juicy <laughs> book is all I'll say. Yeah. But um, it talks about, um, because if you don't voice that anger, that anger wants to be seen and witnessed and Probably. I mean, that might be one of the reasons why it comes up and it might be wanting to be witnessed by certain people, right? Like 
I'm angry right now. And I want you to see that I'm angry. But if you're speaking from that space, that's when you can, it can be very hurtful and very damaging even. Mm -hmm. But instead, if you speak for, not speak from the parts of you, but speak on behalf of the parts of you. And I feel like that's kind of what we're getting at here is like, I'm feeling anger. This part of me is kind of saying this, you know, it, it brings up this thing of like, I know there's a part of me that's saying this and I know it's not fully me because there's another part of me that's probably saying something differently. Yeah. Um, but let me speak on behalf of this one part that wants to be seen, wants to be witnessed, wants its needs met and, and voice that. And I think that's a way you can do it where your loved ones will see where you're coming from and it will, it will reduce that like projection. You're, 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 you're claiming the projection at that point and you're not projecting it onto them. Man. Damn. Man. You are so wise. I just I'm, fucking I, needed this conversation. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm getting a lot out of this. It's well, it's yeah. Because what happens is like to, to kind of go forward with, with, with what we were talking about here. And then, then I had some stuff come up with, uh, some friends who are, you know, very more, well, couple of sets of friends, some who are very Mormon and some who are very Christian, like really religious. And, you know, they were, they were worried about me as far as like the influence that I may have on, um, like them, <laughs> they were worried. Yeah. They were worried about that. And they were worried about um, the topic. I mean, the subject nature of our, of our podcast. And I was like, you know, finally, I, you know, we're having this thing and, and they're just, you know, they're dealing with this in, in, in ways that they know how to deal with it. And, and I'm feeling kind of under attack a little bit. And, but I, I started noticing our communication where I was like, Oh, well, this is like, this doesn't, affect the way I feel about you. And I, I love you and we can work this out and it doesn't really matter in the scheme of things, but I was not getting that in return. And I think that was starting to make me feel angry. I was starting to feel like, wait a minute here. Um, why, why is this so one-sided? Why, why is it so one-sided that I'm clearly saying I I, I, okay, I understand the things that you're saying, and I don't want you to feel obligated to, you know, be influenced by me or or have any kind of thing like that. So what? What? So don't. So don't. So so don't listen to me. So don't. don't <laughs> me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, you know, it, 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 because you know the, these friends that I'm talking about, they're they're their kid is going through some stuff. I mean, he's a teenager and he's going through like a lot of stuff. And yeah, as teenager, teenagers do as teenagers do. And a lot of it's rebellion. A lot of it is trying to f push his own boundaries and see where his limits are and see what's, what he can get away with and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think I'm kind of uh, to blame for it a little bit in some people's opinions, because I'm, I'm like uh, a little less. God, this is you know you know that thing you're talking about where we, we there's certain things we can't reveal about ourselves. Uh -huh. 
this is a really hard story to tell without revealing stuff about myself. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's going through some stuff and using my laid back nature as an excuse to his fair, to his parents who are my friends. Kind of like they see, he sees you as this example of this. Yeah. Successful, magical, loving being who also uses some subs, these substances or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. And he, I mean, and he doesn't know beyond, beyond booze and, 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 you know, cannabis, he, he doesn't know beyond that. Yeah. But well, booze and cannabis to some people can be feel very, but that's, but that's the heavy stuff that they're dealing with. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's becomes this thing where it's like, um, they think that he's using me as an example of how to live a more live, live the life the way he wants to live it. And they don't want him to use, they, they're friends of mine and they, they love hanging out with me. And they, they think that, you know, I mean, we spend all, a, a lot of time together, but they also are really big on G- Christianity and they want him to follow in the footsteps of the Lord. And they want him to um, not do those things. And it's like, I don't know. I, I okay. <laughs> I don't know what to, I don't know who to be in this situation. Like, do you want us to pull back? Do you want, I, I don't know what you want from me here. Cause they also are like in the same sentence, we might have to cut this stumbling and bumbling. I'm just trying to tell the story a little bit. Uh, it's not, it's not stumbling and bumbling. It's yeah. in, in, in the course of it. The, the reason it's confusing is because in the course of it, they're, they're also like, Doug, we, we, you are the person that makes us feel the most comfortable and that we feel love. And you're, you're kind, I mean, I'm, I am good at being a friend to people. I think people like me as a friend because I, because I do just bring love to them and I don't bring a lot of judgment as far as like people live their life the way they want to live their life. I don't care. And so they want that, but they also want hardcore follow the commandments and follow Jesus and do all things that it takes to be a Christian in today's, you know, a Christian in 2021. And sometimes those things really, really, really contradict each other. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, it's like, no, I almost said their names. I'm like, no, you guys, I'm also trying to be more like Jesus because Jesus is a really good example of someone who hung out with everybody and was like, listen, Let's put our differences aside. Let's put our beliefs aside. Let's put all of our, all of the things that divide us aside and let's try to find common ground and love each other. Love your enemy, love your neighbor, love yourself, love God. I mean, that, that's pretty good stuff. That's a, yeah. and by the way, why do everybody have so many enemies? Like who, who are these enemies that we're talking about? Love your enemy. I don't, I don't have any enemies. Who am I supposed to love? And I would bring all my gold, frankincense and myrrh to Jesus, baby Jesus. Hey man, <laughs> bring a heap. But mm. I, that, I took us on a little bit of a tangent there. No, but it's actually, I made it a little bit personal and I, it's a great tangent because I'm gonna make it a little personal too, in a way, because, and I'm going to be, I have to be very careful with how I say this. So we may need to cut parts out. I don't think we will. I think I'll be careful enough, but like, mm-hmm. like, you know, that my family found out about the podcast. Yeah. And, um, and I say found out, I mean, I wanted to tell them for a long time and didn't and there's a part of me that's wondering like why why didn't didn't you I'm like well it's called mormons on mushrooms you know like there's the mormon aspect and there's the mushroom aspect and in my mind i was i thought they'd be more concerned with the mushroom aspect 
But the, the, the funny thing is, is even the title Mormons on Mushrooms, we, we picked like a very like uh, provocative title yeah. for this mm. podcast. Oh, yeah. Like we've been talking for a while. We've barely mentioned Mormonism other than Mormon funerals. And we, I guess we did talk about mushrooms. Okay. Valid point. But like, <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't like, we're we do talk about Mormons too. on mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it all weaves together, but like, I'll, I guess what I'm trying to say is we don't talk about Mormonism as much as the title suggests. And we don't talk about mushrooms as much as the title suggests either. Yeah. There's like a, you know, a balance. And, but to me, I think, you know, one of the reasons why, if it wasn't for the mushroom part, we would probably be very public about this. Oh yeah. It's just not there yet. You know, and I think we'll get there in a few, in a couple of years, hopefully. I mean, California might even decriminalize all of it soon, but um, I think that's where we're going, but we've been very careful with that. I mean, we've been careful <laughs> to a degree with that, <laughs> to a reasonable degree, maybe. Um, but I guess what surprised me most about their reaction to the podcast was the Mormon part. Um, because I do feel like we try to approach Mormonism from this, like the state of, okay, you've left the church, you listened to Mormon stories or whatever, you've deconstructed it, you felt anger, you've been bitter, you're raging against the church, you've been on Exmo Reddit, whatever, like we did. And then you're at a point where you're like, okay, now what? Now what? Now where do I go from here? And because I feel like the podcast, we approach it from that way, I feel like it's like we don't get a lot of Mormon haters that are like that post on our send us messages. You know, I, I'm sure like John DeLynn gets his fill of it and Infants on Thrones gets theirs, but like we don't get that really. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of felt like that would be the case. Um, but you know, I often forget how much my ego has changed in the last few years or like that some of the things we say when heard by the ears of an active Mormon, yeah. so very believing could be very hurtful and damaging. Yeah. And so yeah, that's what it kind of has come up. Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad it came up now because in the past, I think I would have apologized at least for the pain, the trigger that I was causing them, that my messages, my voice, whatever, my story could trigger them. But I'm at a state right now where I am understanding that those triggers are there for a reason. And if you're triggered by something, you need to look inward. And why am I so triggered by this? And to the point where, you know, I was talking to a family member and they were talking about going back and listening to my episodes and identifying those parts where a Mormon could be very triggered. And I just said, you know what, I'm not going to do that. We, I didn't, I didn't apologize for what we were saying on the podcast. I'm like, we're speaking our truth. If it's triggering, you know, that's kind of on you. I'm not going to apologize for that. I can hold space for you. I can understand why that can be painful and why that can be triggering and how much that can hurt because it does hurt. And I can be empathetic and hold space for that, but not apologize for it. You know, the first thing that happened when I found out my, my family knew about the podcast was 
an immense panic. It was like almost a paranoia, like this flood of panic. And then I started just pulled up our episodes and started scrolling through them and saw the titles, just reading through the titles, you know, warming up to the sun. Uh, I'm forgetting all the titles now. I think it's the Rose. Diving into childhood trauma. Yeah. The angel project. The, I mean, things that are, we do talk about Mormonism, but we talk about loving Loving yeah. our Mormon roots, more, loving our Mormon heritage, right? Well, even, yeah, yeah, I guess I even pulled it up and it was after we'd released the Zalie episode about reclaiming our he- heritage. Yeah. So it's like this podcast, as weird as it, weird as it sounds, has actually made me closer to Mormonism, so much closer than I was before we started this Same. in a way of reclaiming it and realizing, oh, I am Mormon. I don't practice in the religion, but that's the lens. I, I mean, I am Mormon. I can't, I can't not be Mormon in that yeah. way. Born and that embrace way. that, embrace all the weird quirks that that brought. Um, anyway, I was scrolling through the episode titles and being like, oh yeah, listen, listen away family, yeah. because I have never been more proud of anything I've put out in the world. Other than, you know, of course my kids and, you know, but I'm talking about like my, <laughs> your, your personal artistic. Experience. Yeah. Not my semen, but my, my creativity from my sacral chakra that doesn't, you know, come out of my penis, but like, uh, yeah, I've never been more proud of anything I've created ever. I just, I'm looking back on this last year and it's just a fucking cool thing. You know, met so many cool people and, you know, communities coming together in such a cool way. And then it shifted to just this immense pride of what we were doing here and being like, you know, listen away. And yeah, I, I, I get that there's going to be some triggers and some of it's going to hurt. And I hope we can, work through that, but I'm not going to apologize for it. And I'm not going to edit it out. And I'm not going to censor myself on the podcast because other than I'm talking about these parts where I can't be completely vulnerable. Other than that, I'm not going to censor myself ever on this podcast. Well, I, I, yeah, because, because we don't, because we don't want or expect uh, the Mormon church to, you know, in their sacrament meetings or Sunday school classes, we don't expect them to censor themselves. Um, You know, inherently, Mormonism teaches that uh, they have the full truth, and therefore everyone else does not have the full truth. Um, and they send people out into the world to knock on doors and to pull up alongside people on their motor scooter and to uh, approach people in a park or a town square and try to convert them to that and try to tell them, you do not have the truth, we do. Um, I talked about going to the funeral. I talked, I've, I've talked on the podcast about going to mission farewells to be supportive and stuff like that. I've got, I've been recently invited to tour a newly built temple, you know, it's like a, and that's a, that's a, I was going to say marketing campaign, but that's a missionary tool that they use to try to actively come to me, not, not do their thing in their, in their churches and, and, and chapels and sacrament meetings and temples they come to me to ask me to participate in it because they're, because their underlying message is 
we have the truth and you don't. Now, our message between just you and me talking on this podcast is that um, if there's 3,000 types of religions that the Mormons think don't have the truth, we agree plus one. We think there's 3,001 churches that don't have the truth. And Mormonism is included in that. The difference is we, you and I don't advertise this thing. We don't try to get people who aren't interested in these topics to listen to it, to convert them, to try some of these things that we talk about. We don't knock down doors and invite people to listen to a special live, uh, you know, recording or, you know, whatever the hell you want to call what we do on this podcast, because we don't, we don't think that we have the truth. We just also don't think Mormonism has the truth, right? Yeah. Or I would even say that I feel like all of those 3001 have elements of the truth. Exactly. Speaking to the same core, the same, the same struggle we're all facing in humanity. It's just which ones, which ones are projecting more and which ones are owning their shit more. Exactly. Which ones are like, oh, wait, no, the evil's out there. The good is in here. And the ones that are like, no, the evil and the good are all in here. It's, we need to own this shit and own it for ourselves, you know? And as we can see with Mormonism, there's a lot of evils out there. We're good. Um, Which was a fun story for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Until the, until the other shoe dropped, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, But. So, yeah, I guess that's the point I'm, I'm trying to go along with Mike is that uh, we love Mormonism. We, we do think that uh, the teachings and the infrastructure and the doctrines of Mormonism are inherently harmful um, to uh, living a, to living a completely actualized human life satisfying, fulfilling, um, happy, blissful life. And that doesn't mean we, that doesn't mean we like look down or are condescending or think everyone else is wrong or that our Mormon friends are fooled or hoodwinked or anything like that. You know, it's a weird balance. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, sometimes I do feel that way, you know, but then it's like, I don't, if it brings them a value right now, it's like, I don't want to strip. I don't want to be the one to strip that away. Um, but if it starts to fall away, it's like, okay, I'll be here for you. And it's interesting. And I think I can share this because I'm not going to say who and what, but someone did reach out to me and said that, um, I'm scared of how your rock bottom will be, how low that's going to be, but I'll be here for you when it hit. (laughs) And Kind of a hurtful thing to say to someone. Yeah, it's a hurtful thing, right? Because yeah. like if my rock bottom is going to sound baths and doing uh, kundalini yoga and uh, collecting crystals and yeah, occasionally going on some trips with some psilocybin mushrooms, but becoming a more loving being, it's like, what is what is rock bottom? I'll take that bottom, you know, like it's fine. Um, but, you know, there is an element to you know, I just barely said, Oh, when you are struggling with the church, I'll be there for you. 
but am I just hoping, am I into hoping the same thing? Like that they hit a bottom that like, Oh, now, but I guess what I'm trying to say is to this person and other people, like, I want to be there for them regardless. Yeah. You know, I want to be there for them, even if they are active Mormon and true believing and, you know, we can be, we can have differences and you can make me frustrated and you can make me, but I can also be frustrated and loving at the same time. You know, that frustration comes from love too. They all, all these emotions come from love. If I, there wasn't love there, there wouldn't be frustration, you know? That's right. That's right. And so I can hold space for you now, not, not just when you leave or hit a quote unquote rock bottom, like uh, I'm yeah, here. It's, it's like, I want to, I want to also celebrate and be there for you and love when you're in your sky highs. Like when you're, when yeah. you're, when everything's going well and, and life is going good and your family's doing good and you just got called as the Bishop and you're doing a great thing at the church. I I'm also there for you then too. I love you. Yeah. I, I love I you. Love so be there for I, sky highs too. Yeah. I'll be there for the sky highs, the rock bottoms and the middle. Like I'll be there for the middle too. the boring parts. Like I'm, I'm here. Like I love you. I'm, I'm here for you. And I love that because there was a part of me that wanted to be like, Oh, um, this feels like a sky high for me. I feel like it can go higher, but, and it will, I think, but look, you know, I've got a successful job, family. This podcast has been so amazing and filling my bucket and I'm loving, I'm loving every minute of it. I'm riding this high from it. Um, you know, I just got accepted into grad school to do my PhD in dream work and Jungian analysis. And I'm so excited. It, like, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I could be writing higher in a way. And, and then I think there's my own fear. That's like, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? You know, when am I going to, cause I, you know, it was taught so much that leaving Mormonism, you know, just wait until, wait until, you know, Satan's lured me in this far with all this, great things. And eventually the other shoe's going to drop. And maybe there's still part of me that just is a little scared about that, but yeah, it's just going to, it's going to be great. And that shoe drop is called life, man. Yeah. Um, And if it does, and all of a sudden I lose my job and whatever, and I'll get through that. We'll get through it. You know, you can't expect to go into the woods and only encounter beautiful, magical fairies, right? They're going to be some demons. They're going to be some monsters. They're going to be some hard turns and points where you don't know which path to take. And, but if we're here for the experience of that, that's what we're here for. I don't want to know the ending, you know, I want to go through the, go through the forest and not know we get to the ending. Like, Oh, that was a great story. And then it'll be a dream and we'll forget it five minutes later and like, Oh, I forgot to write that one down. (laughs) It's like, yeah. It's like, if I wanted to, uh, you know, pick up a choose your own adventure book and find the best ending and then work backwards from there, (laughs) I I could, I could certainly do that, but where's the fun in that shit. I want to go through and make choices and make mistakes and, and get the weird ending where I, you know, oh, you're you, you turn a corner in the cavern, and there's a dragon, and now you're dead. Like yeah. I, that happens, man. That's it that, happens. That's, that's <laughs> choose your own adventure. That's what happens in that shit. Yeah, 
You know, it's funny, like uh, we had my my 16 year old daughter and I had a funny conversation this week where she had a friend of hers uh, who was talking about the car accident that my son was involved in um, in this, this last winter. And, you know, they were the two, they were, they were talking about it. And my daughter was talking about how, yeah, we thought he was going to die. It was really scary. It was this super stressful thing. And her friend was like, well, just, uh, you know, we, we, all the thoughts and prayers, we were, we were all praying really hard for him and we fasted for him and, and, uh, you know, God, God answered those prayers. And that's, that, that was so nice of her. I mean, that was so heartfelt and cute. But then my daughter comes to me and she's like, that really, that conversation bothered her. Mm, yeah. My, my, my daughter, the one who's driving the car that, you know, was in the accident. She's like, it bothered me because what it meant to me was, um, regardless of my son being just like chaotically lucky to not, you know, to not hit his head uh, three centimeters lower than where he hit it. Uh, as lucky as he was to have the medical medical attention of trained not nurses and doctors, um, there are he was lucky, and there are people and children who don't have that luck, and then their families are devastated. My family could currently be devastated by that kind of bad news. We were just lucky. We were chaotically lucky, and there are families who do not get that lucky. And if we and if we ascribe the saving of that kid to God, then we also have to um, ascribe the condemning or the killing of hundreds of other kids also to God. And she was I mean, I'm I'm sitting there crying because it's like my 16 year old daughter is saying this to me. And I'm like, damn, girl, you you are smarter than I will ever be. But. It, it brought some like interesting clarity to me about this whole fucking topic that we're talking about today when it comes to inadequacy, insecurity, anger, um, the, 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 the anxiety of trying to be our own true, truest version of ourself and also respect other people's belief systems and stuff like that. It brought it all to a head to me this week when she was talking about that. And I was just like, she's like, I didn't, why are you emotional about this? And I'm like, I'm just feeling feelings of like, I'm very proud of you as my daughter. I'm also very just happy to be on this ride and experiencing life. And, you know, you mentioned it, Mike Reed Robison, when we interviewed him last week, he mentioned it. It, there's a really cute, there's a really cool, like beauty or flow state that comes when we stop trying to, like whittle down the meaning of life to a like business plan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we just stop worrying about that. And we start worrying about, Oh, what is the experience of life? Not what is the meaning of life is one question, but what is the experience of life is a, to me a deeper question because it's like, Oh, it's, it's what I'm, it's what I'm doing right now. I'm having the experience of life and these are the emotions and the weird roller coasters and the, the weird adventures and the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs. And through all of those, until I no longer exist, 
I am experiencing life, right? That's, that's uh, what I'm having. That's I'm having a life experience. And aren't those fucking great? Like it's so hard. I had a daughter moment this week too. And, uh, man. man, I fucking love daughters. And I, it makes me realize how much, so my daughter is a uh, 10 and she was scared one night and, uh, my, my mate was out with friends. And so it was just me at home and, and I was wanting to have like some alone time, right? Like, okay. You know, I want some me time, but like she was having a hard time going to sleep and I go in there and I'm laying with her and she's like, dad, sometimes when I'm scared, what I like to do is imagine my fear as an animal. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, and then I see that animal and I tell that animal, stop, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, huh, I'm blown away by this. This oh, like man. witchy 10 year old here who like, okay. this isn't, she didn't come from me. This wasn't, you know, we talk about my creations from my semen. No, I mean, she's coming from somewhere else here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And she's like, uh, I'm like, well, what animal do you picture? You know? And she's like, I picture Penny. Who's our dog picture Penny. And so there's this little small yappy dog who gets scared at everything. I'm like, that's like kind of a perfect image, you know? And then she still had a hard time going to sleep. So I go back and laid by her and I was just bringing up the conversation again. And I was like, you know what animal I picture? She's like, what? Well, first she's like, dad, I'm just really tired, but I kind of want to talk. <laughs> like, all right, let's talk. I'm like, you know, what animal I picture, I picture a squawking like parrot who just like parrots everything I'm saying, you know? And like, yeah. yeah. And then she's like, you know what I picture for a guardian animal though? I picture a wolf. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, that's amazing. A wolf is like, so cool because it's like a you can be a lone wolf and be alone but they also hunt in packs so you can be with people but you can also be alone and like what a cool oh my gosh animal to be your guardian animal that gave me the chills i love <laughs> oh man i almost said her name but yeah i love i love her imagery that's awesome that's an awesome imagery and so i was just thinking about that and in the experience um Oh, there was a point I wanted to hit with that, with the experience of life. And, you know, I think at this point in, cause I, this was it, hard. Cause it, it ties into the, I think both of our trips yeah. about the element of play. Like if we're approaching life with a, a spirit of adventure, it just brings a playful attitude to it. And, you know, I recorded a TikTok, which is kind of weird to say. I feel like I'm 41 and I'm making TikTok video. I don't know if that's a weird. I don't know. Is that weird? <laughs> I like watching your TikToks, man. But I talked about the hero's journey and stepping into the forest. And, like, um, you know, I got a lot of good comments about that. Even some people was like, this is just what I needed today. And I was like, oh, but it's because it's what I needed today. I was just saying what I needed. I needed to hear that it's scary. And, but there's always treasure at the end. And that treasure at the end is really yourself. You're, we're, we're all on a journey to find ourselves and we're the treasure. We're the gold, right? You said, right. I'm a gold, Frank says, we're the fucking gold. But we don't know it, but this journey is all to find the gold within us and realize that we are the gold. And <laughs> I actually had a dream last night where I was meeting this shadow figure of mine who was like a dick and 
jealous and angry and stuff. And he was in this minivan with me and my mate and whatever, but we get, and he's criticizing my driving and I'm trying to steer the minivan off to like throw him out of the car. Right. (laughs) But then we get to like this fantasy realm with like Gandalf and it's like Lord of the Rings and Gladriel, Gladriel. Yeah. And we're in like this council. Right. And I bring news that Sauron, <laughs> I don't know why I'm sharing this, whatever Sauron, there's a spy of Sauron within us. And Gladriel's like, who'd you say? Maron? <laughs> and I was like, no, Maron. What do you mean? Sauron? Like the only bad guy we know. <laughs> And she gets all very serious and she's like, Ooh, Sauron, he's been spreading his enemies across the realm and terrorizing us. And, you know, in like the narrative way that she gets in those movies. Yeah. And she's leading me to this map. I don't know. There's something about that dream now that we're talking about it. That's just like bringing the spirit of adventure and fun and play to it. Even when like, she's being all serious, you know, but leading it, leading me to a map. I don't know, my intuition or something kind of in like, and I know it's hard to say when people are dying. Tra- How do you say to someone who lost, you were talking about a funeral, lot, losing their kid in a tragic accident that like, oh, this is just part of your adventure. You know, I'd be like, fuck you, you know, but right. you know, there's just so much it, cause it hurts so much, but like, I guess adventures hurt. I don't know, but, and that's hard. That sounds almost callous to say, I don't know. That's just kind of the balance of like bringing this playfulness, even when things hurt so much. Yeah. I mean, and there's really nothing to say to someone when they're, no. um, you know, and they're in that, that grief. When and maybe you shouldn't say anything actually, other than I'm here for you. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what you say. I mean, maybe we can get this in the grief episode tomorrow that we're recording, but yeah. yeah. Let's get more tools as to what could be possibly said. When I went to the thing, the parents, I just hugged them and I didn't have anything to say. So I just hugged them and held them because it's like, you know, it's like uh, uh midnight gospel. What do you do? I mean, what do you do? You, you cry. You cry. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you, you, you got, you've got to feel those emotions. No amount of like, let me know if you need anything and I'm there for you. And, I'm sorry for your loss and uh, you'll make it through all the platitudes that are said. It's like, no, we need to, we need to cry and wail and grieve and and feel this, this sense of sadness. By the way, I love, I love the way your dreams communicate to you via um, Lord of the Rings. So frequently your dreams have Lord of the Rings themes and I get kind of jealous of it. Like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty epic. It's pretty rare. I don't know if it's that frequent, but I share all of them with you. So it seems oh, perfect. Right. <laughs> anytime I have a Lord of the Rings stream, I was like, I need to share this with Doug because, you know, she's bringing us like this map and this quest, but then she's also like, like taking things too seriously and kind of like, come on, we can play here. Oh, I uh, Galadriel. That. Yeah. Chill, I'd, chill Galadriel. I'd play with Galadriel for sure. Hey. <laughs> Those music videos. Uh, Speaking of, speaking of which we're going to, I mean, you know, I think, I mean, this is me uh, making a hopeful guesstimate. That's what this is. I think that I have a little bit of hope for the new 
movie version of Dune that's coming out. Have you? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Are you a Dune fan? Yeah, uh, well, one with um, Timothy Chalamet and uh, directed by uh, what's the name? David Finch. David Lynch. No, that's not who it's directed by, is it? I think David Lynch did the one. You talking about the one from the eighties? Oh no, I'm talking about the new one. Oh yeah, yeah. The new one looks great. That's what I'm saying. The one from the eighties. Because if you've read the book, yeah, it's Denis Villeneuve who. uh, uh, Yeah, he he did like uh, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, right? Yeah. No, no, that was that was no, no, no. That was what one did he do recently that was such a huge success? Um, uh, why can't I remember his? I mean, I fucking love his movies. Oh, Blade Runner. He did Blade Runner 2047. Oh, he did. Yeah. I love that one, man. Yeah. And he also did, hold on. Well, it was like, I pulled this up here because I want to give him some fucking credit. Yeah. Same. Arrival, which was great. Sicario. Yeah. Yeah, And Blade Runner 2049, which, yeah. So yeah. 2047. I was off by a couple of years. Whatever. Uh, But, you know, with Dune, did you read the book Dune when you were a kid? No. uh, I've seen that movie though. I've seen that first movie. Yeah. Dude, Dune, Dune is all about the stuff we talk about. Is it? Oh, yeah, on this podcast. I I fucking love that book. And, you know, the 1980 something, 1980 movie, 1985, mm-hmm. you know, they even, even though it was in the days following Star Wars, they just didn't have very good, uh, they, they couldn't quite capture the book. And that's pretty, I mean, you know, it's pretty common. Yeah. You can't capture a book. But like, Dude, Dune is all about working with the two sides of yourself. And I'm fairly certain there's some version of ayahuasca and other psychedelics going on there. And it's about, um, you know, the the parts of ourselves that are chaotic, good, neutral, good, uh, lawful, good. I mean, it's about all the shit that we talk about. There's archetypes in that book. Anyway. I, what I'm, the reason I'm going to go say download it right I'm, now. What's that? I'm going to go download it now. Yeah, you should. Dune's yeah. an awesome book, and they just have never captured it. I feel like they feel like they even tried to make a TV series, but they got a movie coming out, and it'll give us more imagery to use for some of the introspective self stuff. Is what I'm hoping because the book itself has a lot of that shit, and I'm hoping that the movie captures some of that stuff because. You know, the, the the book is all about it's a it's a million years in the future and and uh the the universe, the universal the galactic empire, for lack of a accurate word, is like balance, it's like a balanced uh government between uh these you know like witches, like full blown like witches and like military law type of stuff. So it's like the feminine and the masculine balanced together as this governing body and both have checks and balances power over one another and they do psychedelics. It's fucking weird and it's awesome. Dune, Dune. Yeah, man, I'm going to get that right now. (laughs) You definitely should, yeah. I don't know how we got to Dune. We were were talking about your dream. Like, it's just... I just love this conversation, man. This is what I needed today. Same. Oh, anything else funny. rattling around for you? That, yeah. No, I just, I honestly, these are therapeutic for me, Mike. I, I, I this was what exactly what I've, all week we've been talking about this, and yeah. 
it kind of came together. And even this morning, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm I, I've, I'm kind of through because when we were first talking like Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, I was like, I got I got a lot of stuff to say. I'm feeling a lot of fire in me and I'm blah, blah, blah. But then after my trip and after a couple of I did some guided meditation and a, and a yoga thing yesterday, like this morning, as I was getting ready to record, I was like, man, I'm not I'm not feeling any of that passion or fire that I was feeling earlier in the week. I'm feeling totally fine. But we, I think we covered it. <laughs> like, Got there. Well, it was interesting. Cause like last night when you sent that text, I was like, yes, fuck yes. About going to that concert. And I was feeling that anger. And I wake up this morning. I'm like, I don't know if I feel that angry right now, but like, I no, can I'm fine. it. Yeah, There's another lesson. It got, uh, zoom out and goes away. <laughs> and that's another thing too, is like realizing that the waves come and go. And uh, but let's ride the waves, ride the waves, lean into them, you know, surrender to them, except for when it's like a weird carnival, like thing you don't want to surrender to, I guess. Don't maybe, maybe I made the wrong decision. I should have just like surrendered to whatever that thing was going to teach me. But I think what it was teaching me maybe was just like, no, activate that within, I don't know, not to get back into that, but like, yeah. Anyway. No. I love no. I love, remember when remember when Tess was on and she was like, think of it less as saying no to others and saying yes to yourself. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great quote from Tess. Right. It was a great quote. And I was like, oh no, I'm saying yes to something else. And yeah. you know what? The mushrooms provided. After I like looked at myself in the mirror and like did the weird chanting thing and like admired my body and was like, you know what? Cause I was joking with my mate a few weeks ago. I was like, cause we were talking about, it keeps coming up that Kimber episode, where she talked about getting in warrior shape. I'm like, babe, I feel like I'm part way warrior and part way dad bod. It's like a, a healthy mix right now. <laughs> yeah. You're in that real healthy middle. Yeah. But in that trip, and I don't know if it was just showing me potential or something I'm like, damn, it looks like warrior shape right now. Yeah. It felt like a warrior. And and yeah, and then it shifted and like we're dancing in the cosmos and it was fucking great. And yeah, I'm happy to admire that bod, dude. And I don't think you have as much dad bod as you're as you're saying to the universe right now, because I've seen you with your shirt off recently and you look good. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate that because like uh, I was admiring my body that night. It was not fun with like on your like even just not a much. It was just like looking at your body and just admiring it. I mean, like, yeah, fucking beautiful body. That's one thing that this podcast has opened up for me is my uh, comfort level of uh, getting intimate with my own body and like, um, like appreciating it and kind of taking a look and being like, all right, well, here's some of my sensitive spots. Here's some of my like, Oh, this, this spot right here is like, like, you know, hard to the touch and this uh, this part is soft and this part is sensitive and tickly like i like i like my body and explore it you yeah. know explore it i know like yeah probably mm-hmm. bring up shit around masturbation and whatever but just like i don't know there's something element of just exploring with curiosity and fascination and love and man this has been fucking great i loved it and Time. yeah and so I don't know if I have anything to wrap it up other than this is fucking great. And let's just keep, keep adventuring on. Let's keep flipping those pages and see what the next one brings. And if there's a dragon, we'll figure it out. <laughs>
Yeah, I mean, if there's a dragon, we'll figure out how to deal with the dragon. Yeah. And maybe the dragon will send us back to chapter 12, you know, and we got to start from scratch. Who knows? Let's do it. Who knows? Let's just Let's do it. Let's enjoy ourselves. And you know what? Dragons, they just sit there and hoard their treasure. So, like, you know, like, let's get in there. Yeah. yeah, man. You might have to face some dragons if you do end up wanting that gold, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. That's pretty. That's a pretty good way to end it, right? That's, that's a great that's, way to end it. I don't think we're gonna top that. I fucking love it, bud. And I love you. And I, I just want to say, I love when you're bringing when you bring Doug here, and you always bring Doug here. But like, I I would love more Doug. <laughs> I love you, man. Thank you. As much Doug as you can bring, bring. <laughs> I'll bring the Doug. Yeah, bring the bring Doug. the Doug. Cool, man. I love All you, right, buddy. Love you too. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Mormons on Mushrooms podcast. We have so much fun recording it. And if you love it, we would absolutely love it if you could leave a review on wherever you get your podcasts. It would really help our visibility so more people can listen to it and be enlightened and hear our crazy stories. So thanks again for tuning in. Mm-hmm.